welcome to Pop Tarts. Beep, 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 beep. I laughed so hard I peed in solidarity. <laughs> so I pulled out my kazoo. Be a grown up in the cubby hole. Why would you ask a comic something like that? It's really time for it now, though. I'm Emily Rems. I'm Callie Watts. We are both editors at Bust Magazine in Brooklyn, New York. We love talking to each other about pop culture. We love talking to you about pop culture. And today, we have two hilarious guests. Brace yourselves for laughter. (laughs) (laughs) Carolyn Castilla and Shalewa Sharp are stand-up comedians here in New York City and are the co-hosts of the monthly comedy show Laying It Down with Carolyn and Shalewa, a glamorously exhausted showcase of life after 40, featuring stand-up from the city's finest talents, performed at the exquisite downtown bar Madame X in Soho. I know it well. Yeah, I got a chill when you said that. (laughs) (laughs) Carolyn has appeared on VH1, MTV, Comedy Central, and all over the New York club scene. And Shalewa has performed on HBO's Two Dope Queens and Comedy Central's The New Negroes. She has a new comedy album out this year on Little Lamb Recordings. And she also performs and hosts all over this fine cité. Welcome, Carolyn and Shalewa. My goodness. Right? <laughs> that that was that was fantastic. That felt great, you guys. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much. Also, kudos to you for being the first white person so far to say the new Negroes. <laughs> it's the name all, of the show. It's the Shalewa. name of the show, and yet everyone who's like, Do you wanna cra- I'll just say Comedy Central. And I'm like, I mean you can. It is the name what your comfort <laughs> level. I don't want to force you into doing anything, but uh, you know, kudos. if you're gonna be in the show, I'm gonna say the name of the I show. I appreciate it. I have to say, if you have not seen it, it's amazing. Shalewa I saw it. It is incredible. And it was tight. Yeah. Oh, thank you very yes. much. Carolyn and Shalewa, tell me about your career journeys <laughs> in the world oh of stand up comedy and how you ended up working together on laying it down. Well, first of all, in the world of stand up comedy, what is a career? first things first (laughs) let's start there uh well shalewa you go because you're mine's much shorter no she's much much shorter it's uh um i started doing stand-up comedy about nine and a half years ago in atlanta georgia um in kind of a bucket list way Okay. And that I had always wanted to do it since I was like 15, but I just figured, no, I don't have anything to say. Who wants to listen to me talk? All the various things. And um, and then I uh, hit my late 30s and thought, well, my mother had a stroke when she was 46. Mm. So I should just go ahead and try it once before my stroke comes. And it's more but it's literally what I thought. I I was like, I'm on track. I'm on track for a stroke at like 41. So let me just go on and get this over with. Um, I had a good set and halfway through, I thought, ah, damn, now I have to do this for the rest of my life. Like, (laughs) it's never like a joyous moment with me. It's always like, now I got to change everything. (laughs) I was born in Brooklyn and my family moved to Atlanta when I was like eight or nine. Uh, and so I've, I've been there ever since. And I moved 
back to New York to give comedy a try while my knees would still allow it. <laughs> and because um, it's a lot of stairs. A lot yeah. of stairs oh here. Oh, my God, so many Everything. stairs. So vertical. And um, I did that um, in 2013. And then you get better as you have to do in New York. Or I, or I don't know what happens. You disappear. Suddenly people are like, hey, whatever happened to? That's you, totally you, what you become a, a drunk coke addict. Oh, yeah. And I don't drink. Yeah. I mean, in the world of comedy, there's just kind of stuff around. That's true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You could just. Because some places you have to get a drink to, to get on stage and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, and also a... you're paid in alcohol for a long time. Yeah. For, for a long time. It's just like, I can give you a couple of drink tickets. And I'm like, all right, keep them ginger ales a coming. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. but um, but I've yeah, sampled the finest ginger ales oh, the yeah, city has absolutely. to offer. It's too bad we never developed like a this many drink tickets equals food exchange system. Yeah, oh, I'd rather have call. the you know, I'd rather have the ginger ale. I probably argued more for um ginger ale than I have for like you know a fair wage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't it. mind being paid in tickets. I just have to be able to get ginger ale. Right, exactly. Come on. And help thus me the wage you. gap continues. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, Men are paid twice as many ginger ales. <laughs> I don't even appreciate it. Uh, that's my journey. Carolyn, what's yours? Oh, God. I've been doing this shit too long. <laughs> too long. Is that the entire tag of the that's journey? That's pretty much the take. No, I've been like 15 years in. And, wow. Um, you know, I started in New York. It's great to be a New York comic because as Shalewa was saying, like, you you just have to be good. You know what I mean? You, you can't hack it. You can't stay in it if you don't get really good. But, like, I, I live in New York. I raise a kid here, so I'm not, like, out on the road. You know, all my big credits happen right here in New York City. And how did you guys end up hosting a show together? Well, I had this idea... I had put up this status update on Facebook that said, I think women over 40 should be allowed to perform stand up laying on a chaise. And Preach. I decided, you, you know what? It. That's a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Such I reached young terminology. <laughs> that's a vibe. You know, my 13 year old keeps me fresh. Oh, that's good. That's um, good. And so I reached out to Shalewa and I said, you know, look, I think. We'd be perfect for this you together. You don't find a better chaise than at Madame X. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Sidebar, mm. our luscious recording engineer and I went on our very first date 15 years ago at Madame X. <gasps> and those chaises worked their magic. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. <laughs> I believe that. I absolutely believe that. That whole room, it's the upstairs lounge area and it's just a bordello it's yeah it the, everything you come Sensuous. out wearing wearing velvet and you did not walk in wearing velvet. it's true you Agreed. know what i mean it's Agreed. just it is uh kind of a just a wacky magical place it's a den of ill repute in the best possible right way. that's what it seems like and if you haven't been yet definitely come to our next show because i gotta tell you there's a cubby hole we haven't really talked about the cubby hole no i don't want to be <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be responsible for what happens. And be a grown up in the cubby hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't Clean make, up after don't yourself make babies in the cubby after hole. The but show, but you climb up. Cubby it's um. It's just like a little. It's a nook. You climb up a little ladder, and it's just cushions and um string lights. I don't know what you're supposed to do there. You're supposed to make out. Oh, that's why I don't see. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I don't know what you're supposed to do there. Part of how we want the show to grow is that, you know, we've only done two shows so far. Um, and as we build our vibe, it's like, 
come and hang out after. So there's this beautiful mm. back room. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the summer, like the show will end and the sunset will just be happening sort of over the red glistening glass and mm-hmm. all the velvet. And so, you know, we want to like have tarot and it's going to be a scene, baby. Yeah. 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 It. It's definitely, I guess, as you say, a, a vibe. vibe. We are also older ladies. So we want all types of people, but we want to make sure we just feel like sometimes people aren't really speaking to us. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I, I need someone to talk to me directly. Like I understand what the younger people are talking about, even if they're using terms I'm not familiar with. But sometimes it's just nice to be in a room of like minded people where you just all you have to do is just have a heavy sigh and they know exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> why why that happened like yeah. they can pinpoint well let's talk about that a little bit more of all the women at this table there's only one under 40 and that is our youthful miss Callie. yeah uh i'm so interested in there being a comedy show for me i've never even seen one advertised before in my entire <laughs> yeah. life do you find your audiences are women over 40 do you find that it's young ones who are there to laugh at at the uh, elder goths do you think <laughs> it's uh do you find yourselves drawing a mixed crowd and what is funny about being over 40 who boy um the sound your knees make oh <laughs> i don't find it funny but i hear yeah, what you're I, saying it's not fu- at the times no but later on when you think like that was that kind of sounded like john coltrane um <laughs> that's kind of that's that's a little humorous as long as you don't fall in the shower it's a little funny it's kind of a mix I, it's either it's a mix of women or i gotta do better in the moisturizing to keep myself up as a 40 something year old because those women look great. And I'm like, you're probably my age. You skew maybe a little younger. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. trying to tell by the cut of the, the pant. I got to go to a place that may help me find my waist. I can't keep messing around with Sansa belt pants anymore. Like, it's not going to work. Oh, my waist is right under my boots. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, all the way up, it's all the way up here. So That's when the belt look comes in. You just belt everything. Yeah, man. Well, you know, when I think about the proud tradition of women over 40 in comedy, I think about... Moms Mabley, I think about uh, Phyllis Diller. Yes, oh, definitely. Nice. That was the name I was groping for. Phyllis Diller, Joan Rivers. And I feel like a lot of these women play, you know, they, they were probably 40, but I feel like they were joking about things that a 60 year old would joke yeah. about. They were going like yeah. 40 doesn't mean now what it did when these pioneering women mm-hmm. were doing the shtick. What does women over 40 doing comedy mean in the in the long trajectory of women over 40 doing comedy? Well, like you said, you know, women over 40 now might as well be women in their 20s back right. then. You know, like that. Yeah. Like, I think I feel as confident now as I was supposed to, to feel yeah. in my 20s. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah I mean? absolutely. And so, you know, even though we're we're wiser because we have lived experience we are also very youthful and I think that that's what makes our show energy really fun. Mm-hmm. You know, like we, we're both um, interested in interesting people, I think. Oh yeah, no, for you sure, know? yes. We're very interesting. <laughs> I don't we know are. if you can tell right now. We are, we are we fascinating. Are. I've seen both of you do sets and there wasn't like a, a long like Phyllis Diller-esque riff about like your husband and how he like is I don't have a husband. And yeah. 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 And I don't I'm, have a husband. I'm one of those... Um, you know how 
there are lots of complaints of um, cis het dudes who just never ended up with anyone, and now they're in their forties, and there's a, a a bit of arrested development mm-hmm. to them where they just stopped growing, and now they're just kind of stuck with things well i just hung a sesame street picture in my wall like that's why i'm just a female (laughs) version of that and i almost i just want to let folks know that it's just i mean you're going to take some twists and turns it's all ultimately going to be fine i think that's that's the wisdom that comes like oh no we're a mess but ultimately it'll be fine yeah so here are our messes and here's how your mess may correspond with ours. And then here's what we're attempting to do about it. Totally. All um, that. Knowing what we know. Um, will it still remain a mess? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and then for me being a mom, I think one of the things that I like to do in my material right now is like advocate for younger women and girls, you know, like, and I'm really enjoying, I don't know if you, this happened to you too, but like at one point I just realized like, oh, I am now actually significantly older than most of my audiences. Oh, yes. Oh, I I feel that all the time. Like I was a little older, right? You're in your Mm -hmm. 30s and you're like a little older than them, like just enough to know that you have the authority in the situation, Mm -hmm. right? But then like now I'm 42 and like when you're talking to a 25-year-old, you're like, oh, shit. Like, I mean, I started at 37, so I already was pushing it like, in knowing what song you were talking about mm-hmm. at the time. And now I'm just full on. I just say to audiences, I'm your mom. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know exactly how your mom is, but I'm sure I understand how she is becoming what she's becoming because mm-hmm. there are so many transitions that you go through within life that you're not warned about. They tell oh you about, God. they tell you about <laughs> the puberty and then oh, what else is that the it change. just kind of stuff. That's the it. change yeah and then that's and it. nothing in between nothing in between so well and also think about it like I, I you know when we were coming up it was still like yeah go to college but like get married yeah like that's why yeah. i got married i was like literally raised to get married you oh, know yeah 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 and so you know you haven't gotten married so then that like you're saying you're grappling with this in your material like oh i'm in my 40s and i'm yeah, like just, yeah just out here trying to date 10 years younger which oh, normally and when people are thinking of dating they're like oh man someone 35 and still dating that's a shame and i'm like yeah it is yeah <laughs> it sure is it's great for me it's it's bad i um, want to date somebody in their 30s yeah no no Mm-mm. no because their 30s are now the 20s so they have not yeah yeah they haven't <laughs> stepped it up yet and the 30s don't mean now the 30s don't mean what you think and so, uh, yeah, there's just that as well. But I like the idea of millennial men being more enlightened. Yeah, that's, that's nice. True. You know, that is that is nice that I have found because guys in their mid to upper 40s are not they're they're set in their ways. They and are. Things have changed so much. I mean, yeah. people will become set in their ways as they get older. It just happens. It's just one day you wake up and. You're like, you know what? I don't feel like making that change. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I'm going to have to just dial the, the ages back on the dating app. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true. Like, I can't nudge it up. I got to nudge it down. Because I think they just don't know how to let go of needing to have control. That's been my experience, right? Like, 
I matched with this guy in his 40s on Tinder. Conversation was so promising. He thought I was funny. I thought he was funny. But he kept greeting me with the time of day. Good morning. Good afternoon. <laughs> I think you had a problem. Good evening. And I said, hey, I know what time it is. Do you know my name? <laughs> you know what I mean? He never once said, "Hey, Carolyn, what's up?" Say my name. You know. What? And so then I finally, and then what? It's all I said. I didn't. It was a joke. Mm-hmm. I didn't berate him about it. And he was like, "Yeah, Carolyn. Okay, Carolyn. Sure, Carolyn. Fine, Carolyn." And I was mm. like, "Whoa, bro! If that made you that angry, bye bye." Yeah, I don't mess with apps. I tell, I talk about it. I joke about it. During an ovulation week, I may put one on my phone. I never finish it. <laughs> Only during ovulation <laughs> week. Never, an app never lasts longer than 50 to 60 hours on my phone before I delete it. I just, I don't trust the That's how matrix. long your cycle is? No. That's how, I mean, that's, that's clearly when the egg is being released. Is that how long it takes for someone to pop up and say, greetings, queen? Yeah, that's all it takes. <laughs> that's immediate because you're a new face. I am making my peace now with like, oh, okay, so I'm, I'm literally just going to be like that single woman. I was just wanting to talk to you about that. <laughs> I feel the same way. Yeah, it's like, oh, I, I've joked about it all my my life but now i'm there yes now i'm there there's a moment there's a threshold yeah where you're like oh i can't you spoke it into existence shalewa yeah you're doing the secret way before you realize (laughs) and now that's what you are and so so or maybe it's your destiny Uh, i mean that in a good way you I know? guess so. I guess so. I mean, I, I, when I think about it, I'm like, well, I'm pretty happy by myself. Exactly. I guess. That's why I mean it in a good way. My roommate and I just got a cat and I was like, all right, well, I guess this is my life. This is, this cool. is your first cat. Yeah. Yeah. I had a dog before. Um, but before, uh, other than that, I'm not from pet people. In New York, you have, have to keep the mice out. So That's yeah. like exactly why the- we got this cat, because my roommate and I are both allergic. So, uh. to the cat and so we were like well i mean i guess we just take a claritin and keep it moving oh that's hilarious and so that's what we do and now i just have this cat walking across my face and i'm like <laughs> that's how you know the cat loves you when they just sit their asshole on your mouth okay well good then i think we're getting along <laughs> <laughs> oh that's nice you have yeah. cats too oh, don't nice. ask me anything about them because i will talk about them for the next hour i <laughs> love <That's> it <true. laughs> one of our mutual friends rufata guy a really funny comic he floated out there a show idea all oh, comics talking it. about their cats oh really yeah he's oh. gonna do it yeah put julie klausner on that show she talked about oh, her yeah. cat on this show and yeah. she is a great cat comedian yeah. yeah 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 i don't know if i'm ready to be a cat comedian yet It'll hit any gig, it'll, man. It'll happen, Any gig right? is good. Can I ask a few questions about mm. how Carolyn and Callie met? Well, we go I'm going to say a decade ago. You can, and Shalewa will also be interested in this, oh, I think. Okay. Anyway. There was a show that I believe was set up intentionally to be problematic the white rapper yo, show yo, yo. wait before you get started can i tell you that is literally one of my favorite shows <laughs> i absolutely love it and i remember you from it i adore that show so i am uber excited to hear what the story is callie was in what you called reality show jail being vetted yes. for the show and you didn't make it onto the broadcast version they did is not want right? comedy rappers so you guys met while you were in, I guess, reality show boot camp. We were then... sequestered in a hotel in Los Angeles. Yes. For yeah. how long were you two sequestered before Sequ- Callie got the boot? Days. And and then you went on to be. No, I didn't. No, oh, we neither also, one of yeah. you did. No, that's yeah. how 
we weren't i was set with my Trunky Brewster bandmate on the plane back, but we had become such good friends during the when we're not supposed to talk period. And we were like, you got to come sit with us on the plane. And then so we go to the guy next to us. Hey, can our bandmate come sit with us? And she's waving. And the guy's like, no, I want an aisle seat. And I was like, okay, I hope you don't mind that we do this. And so I pulled out my kazoo. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> and then I was a little slide flu and I was just oh like Oh my gosh. And if he I was remember like remember no, you guys no. were a little bit hammered on the plane. Drink the whole time we were there. So I remember everybody tried to sneak out to meet yes. in the bar. They took your cell phone and your maybe your ID so you couldn't sneak Leave? off. Okay. Yeah. And they busted me hiding in their closet with a bunch of pizza. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so funny! Yeah, that's the only gig I've ever been sequestered for. It was really intense. So Why this, do they have to do that? I have no idea. But I think they don't want yeah. you to meet so that everything happens. You don't talk about people. Oh, you I know see. Before. You don't befriend people. Yeah. Right. Well, when we were all together, we were all cracking jokes. Me especially, because you know I was a comic, and right. and and we were all having a great time. And it, I wonder if they had done a show like that now. Right. Like if they would have let camaraderie be part of it instead of this idea of like yeah. pitting women against each other. Oh, no, you know? they're pitting them more and more now. Is that true? Yeah, that's why I stopped watching things like that. At some point, it just became women screaming. I mean, like I would watch the various housewives and then the first season of New Jersey happened and I was like, I don't know about this. And then at some point, someone flipped a table over and I was like, oh, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Like, oh, that's yeah. what makes me go, I'm in. There are a lot of, I feel like some of the things that have really been making breakthroughs in comedy recently have been spearheaded by women and are in these areas that really have a lot of nuance where women are really taking the stage and blurring the line between telling jokes and telling stories. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then there's, I feel that women especially can be very naturally funny talking about serious things in cathartic ways oh, yeah. that feel transformative or helpful to the audience. I'm thinking about Sam Jay, who was on this show, yes. talking about spousal abuse. I'm talking about Hannah Gadsby's talking about coming out in such a legendary way. Aparna Nanchurla talking about anxiety, depression, and Shalewa, I heard you do a riff about um, losing both of your parents and oh, then yeah. mm -hmm. a coworker coming up to you and saying something completely off the wall about it. And yeah, it was like yeah. a laughing through your tears moment that uh, I think was so well done. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I just, is this a new evolution of the art form or is the world just more ready for something that's been going on for a long time this way I, yeah we've been doing this forever you know it's just that people are finally more receptive you know and you you can get a little woo about it if you want right like all of the cosmic energies are shifting and <laughs> yeah. we're moving into the era of the divine feminine Nah, they're gonna they're gonna, <laughs> like, they're gonna like what we give them they're gonna like what we give them and this is what we give them and we're giving them like this uh, realness. I feel like like I I'm too old to pander. Yeah, yeah. I think if you reach the oh I'm not going to pander moment earlier in your life, you're going to get a lot more truth. And I think that is what's happening is that people are are coming to that that realization faster than um, 
I think I did. Although when I talk to people who've known me most of my life, they're like, yeah, you didn't really pander. And I was like, oh, all right. But I don't think I did anything. I didn't do any. I wasn't doing anything. So now that I'm creating an you art, I You were just go, stating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> no. But yeah, so like. Um, it's really time for it now, though. Yeah. I guess it's, it's going to have to be because that's what, that's what people have decided to do. Could you say that again? What, it's going to have to be time for it? Yeah, yes. like, I'm not, I'm not going to, I mean, like, look, I get it, and we're all coming around to it, and that's wonderful, but also, it's what I'm giving you, and I'm not going to change, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, I'm connecting with you, just go with it, like, why, don't fight it, just go with it. I did Persisticon Sunday night, it was a great show, it was a very big event at the Bell House, and I am doing this set about my daughter going through puberty and talking about sort of, you know, what it's like to get your period now versus when it happened to me, etc. And a guy who was there taking pictures posted a photo of me today, tagged me on Instagram, and in the caption he wrote, Carolyn Castilia doing menstruation jokes, I laughed so hard I peed in solidarity. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's all we, we just want dudes to pee in solidarity. <laughs> <laughs> literally too much want. to ask. Yeah. <laughs> we want people to pee all is all people. we're trying to say. Yeah. We, uh, we, we really want to put the fluid in fluidity. But yeah, oh, my I, God. We want, you, we want you to have to hold it just a little. As I do this set, you know, all different kinds of people are responding. And whereas, you know, years ago... The cardinal rule was, oh, yeah. as a woman, do not speak of this. Do right. not. Mm-hmm. You know? So th- things are changing. Are there things now that you would you feel you cannot speak about? Do you have boundaries in terms of- I mean, of- I've been to therapy for eight years, so I have boundaries now, yes. On stage? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is there anything you can't joke about or well, won't Well, there's joke nothing about? you can't joke about, but you do have to, when you're talking about people- you do have to bear those relationships in mind, right? Like, yeah, I also, um, I'll talk about whomever, but it has to be something that I can make funny for others and not necessarily um, hurt who, whomever I'm talking about if it's someone that I care about. And also family members always assume that you're just going to talk about them on stage. No. <laughs> I mean, you're not that interesting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I barely tolerate you at yeah, yeah, holiday yeah. dinners. Same with coworkers. And the thing about coworkers is what they think you're going to talk about. There are things that they do that you think is hilarious. They won't necessarily see that, what you think is hilarious. They right. think something is funny, something exploding in the microwave is funny, and you're going to talk <laughs> yeah, about that yeah, on yeah. stage? I'm like, no, but no. I probably will talk about your insistence that foil is fine. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? And what what kind of life did it's you have? Did you have to think that you can just do that? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm going to go in a way that they are probably not expecting. I can't wait for them to hear my record. Oh boy. I know. That's why they have But they're all they're all older people and they're not gonna they're not gonna go out of their way to find me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it has to come to them. I have to do something for it. But otherwise so. My sister will like put something out there to me and then be like don't talk about this. I'm like, I'm not going to talk about this. Why do you always say that? And like, I didn't talk about my daughter for the longest time. And I wonder if this is true for your sister. It's like, it's too close to my heart. Right. You know sure. what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, it's a sacred and complicated. And, you know, I like to talk about things that 
are clear to me right you know so that it's like this is how I feel about this you Mm -hmm. know what I mean and like raising a child as a single mom and having had a mom who was difficult like it it was too emotional for me that like it just I didn't find it funny yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it's hard you have to wait for the funny part yeah yeah and And now the shit's hilarious yeah because (laughs) because it's broader now it's not just your relationship with her it's now her relationship with becoming a person and we've all had that happen yeah and so you can watch that happen i imagine that's fascinating to watch that happen with your child and just like oh yeah nope i'm sorry you're gonna have to go through that yeah you know that's just a thing you're gonna have to do it has to be big enough to be kind of far away from you so but please, the minute I figure out how to do it with my sister, I'm going to throw that bitch under the bus. Please believe. Please believe. If I get a check from her, she's going to want half the check. But it's an, it's an agreement. <laughs> That's it's an fine. Agreement. What role does politics play in your humor? Do you feel compelled to get political because of the current po- administration? Or is it just like you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do? I think there's activism in my comedy, but it's not overt. Right. It's just coming from like, these are the things I care about. These are the things I believe in. These are the things I do. This is what's going on in my life. This is what I'm reading about, you know? Um, So I, so I think there's, there's activism that way in terms of like, I've done, you know, bits about being at a protest and stuff like that. But like talking about Trump no. Yeah, no, I don't have it in me to talk about him. I talk mm-hmm. about race stuff all the time because that's how I was raised to have it in the forefront mm-hmm. uh, constantly and going back and just kind of looking at my life and how that has colored things for me and switched things for me and whatnot. But I, I don't necessarily talk about the administration. And it's for me, it's more race than anything else because that I understand and even then it's more black than anything else because that of the race stuff i understand and um me attempting to understand the woman part of it mm-hmm. um are you guys feminists yeah oh yeah, yeah fuck sure. yeah <laughs> yeah i mean like i without even fully understand and i talk about that too is just like watching this what wave of feminism are we on <laughs> what did I you think, say to me the other day we're on four i think yeah that's what i think right we're on four and so what did, one was suffrage two was like era now 1970s mm-hmm. like give us the jobs we're leaving the kitchen right three was riot girl yeah yeah, yeah so yeah, i'm already yeah, yeah. four yeah. is smash the gender binary intersectionality yeah, yeah. right yeah, that's a lot and i don't know if i'm gonna be able to do all of that <laughs> and that is my and that's my struggle i'm i'm for it because it seems logical and i mean and i definitely i mean i was in my 20s for the the riot girl stuff so i watched all of that too but then i'm also um fascinated by just being intersectional Mm-hmm. So ultimately, I just want everyone to feel free about whatever they are. I will always respect it, and I will do my best to use whatever I can use to help you. I'm doing nothing but getting older, so I'm going. I'm gonna mess something up for sure. Just lovingly go. Oh no, hey, Miss Lady, we say this now, and I go, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, That's fair. I did a show with a trans woman comic maybe mm-hmm. a month and a half ago, and we took a very long train ride from Astoria back to Brooklyn and had 
talked the whole time mm-hmm. about the trans woman experience and I'm pretty knowledgeable and I think she was very pleased about that you know because mm-hmm. she and she said she goes oh wow it's like so nice to talk to you about this stuff but even as knowledgeable as I am I think I made two small gaffes that she just corrected me on and it was like not the end of the world you know what I mean it was like yeah, no, oh, we don't say that anymore. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, and, right. And I don't right. even remember what they were. And, and so the whole thing of like educating people with love can also be effective. I am also becoming set in my ways. So I have to fight that. I didn't do all of the research. I did not do all of the reading assignments. <laughs> I didn't do all of the things. It's okay. So, you know, just... You know, I know people in Atlanta who are just like, what, wow, what is all this? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's fair because you're not around it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and that's what I want to say to people in New York, to, in New York sometimes is like, guys, like, don't get so frustrated all the time. Don't get so mad. Please. <laughs> like, it's a, like, yeah. like if you, I mean, like if you're going to get mad, trust me, black folks have been trying to do shit for years <laughs> and we don't have, so le- like, I mean, you know, we're still. Dave Chappelle is saying that. And sometimes that's where my, that's where I hit a wall where I'm like, look at these people. They got the audacity to be asking for all this shit. I can't even, they still following <laughs> me around stores and they got the, we already, they already got brand new pronouns and shit not still you know like you can't that's just like a gut thing and you don't and i mean no harm but i am also like well god damn so i'm yeah i'm just trying to work on it so that that doesn't come out and that's also like what i'm attempting through comedy is to let folks know hey as open-minded as you are now at some point it's going to be drafty and you're going to want to close that it's door gonna oh my God. it's going to be drafty you just want to close that door and you don't want to let any more in and that's what's happening to your parents and that's why when you're talking to them and they're just like ah, i don't want to they probably were like the most that the most r's in their riot girl shit but now they're just like i'm so tired they're not and the yeah. most r's oh and so that's God. like yeah that's <laughs> So I'm just telling you, look, this is what happens and you don't mean Mm -hmm. for it to. We're all here to learn. Yeah. They just have to be in a place where they're willing to learn. So, I mean, that's kind of why I'm glad I moved up here so late. So I'm like, all right, I'm just trying to keep up with you. You're doing great. So, yeah, that's ultimately. You guys, what are your hopes and your dreams for the rest of 2019? Oh, this is for you. Why would you ask a comic something like that? It's a terrible thing to say. Was that rude as hell? What are your hopes and dreams? Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Okay. What do I have on my post its on my wall? Well, I had a great job in the industry and uh, was it a startup? So it, it crashed and burned quickly. I would love another great job in the industry like that because in addition to being a stand-up comic and live performer, which I will never stop doing throughout my life, I also want to learn how to like be a showrunner and executive produce. And I love mm-hmm. talent. You know, talent. One of the reasons why I love having a show is because I love showcasing other people's talent. So mm-hmm. to continue to have new ways to work with talent and stuff like that, that's, that's what I'm hoping and dreaming for. Um, I got to buckle down and literally do the thing that I told myself that I always wanted to do from when I was a little kid, which is write a book. Yeah. So another bucket list. Uh, yeah. And I'm sorry. That's the book it list. Oh. Book it list. Oh. <laughs> and I've already done a version of the story that I 
as um yeah, as the one woman show. Also, I got to do the one woman show again and just figure out what exactly I'm trying to do cuz I went into this with no real goals mm-hmm. except the end goal of a book of a book deal. That was the only thing. Mm-hmm. A- anything else was just gravy. Like when I really started, my dad asked me, "So what what's your end goal?" which is um notable because I'd been known for many capers and <laughs> shenanigans. Like a, yeah. And this was like the first time that he was like, "This one I see you doing. So why?" what what's what are you what's the point and i had an answer and he's like all right cool um so i really want to uh do that i mean i do like performing uh i love it it's fantastic so i have to stop saying yes i'm gonna add just because of accountability uh Mm -hmm. i want to do late night too and i've been too shy about it yeah no no go ahead put that on the post-it yeah yeah it's time it is time. Absolutely. And I, I would like to do that, too. I think I have a post-it that says, which one, be as specific as If you're out there writing down your dreams, be as specific as possible. Yeah, yeah. You want Jimmy, Jimmy, James. <laughs> yeah. Which you one? Want, yeah, you want to make sure. And it's my dream to see more funny women like you guys on Late Night. Yay. So I'm going to put it on my post-it as a viewer. <laughs> Before we let you go, Shalewa, so you can yes. do your show. Okay. What you watching? And when I say what you watching, it's mm-hmm. a broad question. Okay. I'm talking about movies, mm-hmm. TV, music, music videos, podcasts. Okay. Any kind of pop culture that you are consuming, we want to know about it because it's probably cool. All right. So here's what I do. While everyone's watching prestige television, mm-hmm. I am watching um, dance videos on YouTube. Yes. <laughs> um, again. Just the running man and the Roger just, Rabbit. Uh, just like, just like um, you know, choreographers who all seem to be out in L.A. and they're teaching these elaborate classes and then they make videos. Do you dance them. along? Shalay was an amazing dancer. Ooh. She had a dance show. It was one of the life highlights of my performance I, career I, I that I was involved with. I know how. I just love it so much. Uh-huh. I love this. Because um, I'm really into music. I will hear about someone. I will look up their videos, go through those, see what the related artists are, go through those, just to see what... I love going into that wormhole. Yeah, so I do that a bit. And I just discovered uh, a rapper named Blimes. Blimes Brixton. She's fantastic. Ooh. And she works with someone named Gifted Gab. They work together. It's amazing. It's rap. Uh, I think they're from the North Pacific Northwest, maybe. Um, but it's fantastic. New to me. And I'm looking um, it up. Uh, let's see. Uh, as far as like podcasts or TV shows, um, I, I this is a problematic pick maybe, but I um am super into the Bodega Boys, the Jesus and Mero. I love them. I love them. Yeah. I am uh Bodega High from like day one, very early, and uh just I, how are they problematic? What did I miss? Oh no no, they are just themselves. Okay, yes. and so weird. I I love it, and I mean people may find them problematic, but those guys are. Herbs. I got a weed. From them over there. Oh, that's like great! Yeah, I bus. love them. I I love them so much. And then, um, TV wise, I'm I really enjoy high maintenance. Okay. Yeah, and that's I good. don't smoke at all, but I think it's a a fantastic show. It's one of my post its. I want to be on that show. Yes. It's oh my god, you just smoked that into being. <laughs> it's a fantastic. I know people show. on that show. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Every week I watch it, I'm like, oh, I guess someone. Ben Sinclair on has show. been in Bust Magazine. You're going to be on high maintenance. All right, cool. I can't wait. I believe it. 
cool. I'm here for it. Well, thank thanks, you guys. so much thank for coming you. by. It's, it's been a, a delight. Yeah, We're going to take fun. the briefest of breaks. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Carolyn. Hopefully, Carolyn's going to ask Callie. And then maybe Callie will ask me. <laughs> circle of love. <laughs> what you watching? Before we get back to the show, I want to tell you about our new sponsor, Wolfie Vibes Publicity. If you're working on a new project and find yourself in need of a kick-ass publicist who communicates well and works tirelessly to get you the coverage you're after, consider going to Wolfie Vibes Publicity. Wolfie Vibes Publicity is a female-owned and operated boutique PR firm that will get you where you need to be. And you'll even have fun in the process. Get in touch via WolfieVibesPublicity.com for details and quotes. And tell them that Pop-Tart sent you. Uh, essentially, I started it because every female comedian I know was amazing and hardworking and hilarious and I knew would make great podcasts. And every male comedian I know already had a podcast and was doing their own thing. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kate Moldenhauer, the founder of More Banana Podcasts, a comedy podcast network entirely produced, hosted and led by women. We have shows about politics. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. When the Supreme Court puts stuff on their calendar, they use the word docket. So their Google calendar is a docket. Is a docket. So technically, I have a docket. You have a docket. We all have docket. We dockets. all have a docket. Sex. Welcome to my vagina. I'm Jesse Karen. This is Rebecca Frank. What were ancient Greek dildos made of, Jesse? They were made of padded leather and, yep, anointed with olive oil. Yep. <laughs> Scams. I'm Caitlin I'm Smith, and, <laughs> and we, we love scams. scams. She tells them she's a German-Russian heiress, and she seems like she has a lot of money, and people buy it. That's yeah. basically what's happening. So as soon as she got a loan, she would cash it as much as she could out before anybody caught on. It's amazing. So smart. I mean, so like smart. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible, but like to take that money out immediately because women are actually pretty versatile and funny. More Banana is a network of women's voices, unfiltered and uninterrupted. Find us everywhere you get your podcasts and learn about our growing roster of shows at morebanana.com. And we're back. Hello. Hey. Hello, everyone. So as is our custom, we always ask our guest first what to watch in. You heard me describe it to the lovely Shalewa. Carolyn Castilia, what you watching? Billions. Billions. Oh, I heard so much good stuff oh, about I it. I love it. It's so fucking amazing. If you want to feel rich, you need to watch yes, I this do. show. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm binging it. So I'll watch like two episodes back to back right before bed and then I'll go to sleep and literally dream like a baller. It's incredible. What a neat trick. Yeah. So I feel like it's teaching me a lot about confidence. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, 75% of being rich is just big dick energy. That's true. You know? Mm -hmm. And so it's been really, really interesting to watch, especially Damian Lewis. He's such a convicted actor. You know, he really is focused the way that like those British actors are always fucking just focused. You know what I mean? (laughs) And, um, and so he says his lines with so much intensity and, and you just learn like, yeah, like I've seen, you know, I, I've, been in and out of Wall Street gigs as as a day job kind of thing my whole career and these people exist you know what I mean who just go well how can I buy you right 
you know? And so you have to think about what that means in life. Like, yeah. even if you want to be a good person, there are ways to go, okay, but how do I get what I want within my own personal code of ethics? Yeah. Right. But like taking those lessons from these underhanded characters, right. And then applying that energy in your own, hopefully more positive way. Uh-huh. You know, that's like, cause I think so many of us, women especially we walk around so coded in shame right that's another thing i'm watching useless emotion brene brown right yeah her thing on netflix um and like you know these these male characters on billions they have no shame they're shameless yeah you know and so what would it mean to walk around without fear without guilt without anxiety you know and to just kind of go after your objectives i don't know baller you're taking a lot away from that yeah i love it it's it's shakespeare it's modern shakespeare nice and there's a great woman character wendy rhodes she ends up being sort of the intermediary because she's married to the uh attorney for the southern district of new york and she is a performance coach at axe capital so she's like very close to both of the men she's the back channel yeah it's really it's great Callie, what are you watching? That's all you're watching? Pretty much. I mean, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I saw Cher, the Cher, the, the one real and only. Cher live at Barclays. It was everything. I didn't find out I was on the list until the day of. So oh, my God. I did not have a jumpsuit or a wig, which was very upsetting. <laughs> and they only gave me one ticket, so my husband couldn't come in, and I had to share alone, which was I'm normally fine at things going to shows by myself, but I kept wanting to just grab the person next to me and be like, oh my God, she's doing this. And I couldn't, there's Aww. nobody, I didn't know the people to grab them and that's not okay. Me too. Um, <laughs> but she was amazing. She's doing like OG shares and uh, Mamma Mia songs. Oh, wow. So it was amazing. She's what, 73 now? I think she had said. Oh my God. I saw Elton John at Barclays couple months ago that was incredible it was amazing like all of that era of performers they're they all keep like on keeping on yeah but they're about to retire and or die so like the looks if you want to see them you got to go see them i did get in a fight with some people at the bar before about single-use plastics because they did not understand why we had to have paper straws and i was like get out of my face number one the the light is blinking we need to go in yeah and number two Whales! I just yelled whales. Whales. <laughs> Turtles. I was like, God. Paper straws do suck, though. I have to say, they, they, do, they but don't they actually stick to your work. Lip in a weird way. Yeah, it's like, could we just drink out of a cup? Yeah, just cup it, man. <laughs> just cup it. Um, I'm watching Riverdale, which is getting batshit bananas. Where are you at it right now? I'm like midway through the season. Woo! It's getting wild, dude. It is. It is. I don't even. It's my daughter watches Have you been paying? Do you know? I any? watched whatever season. Can I talk about it? With, I don't yeah. want The one where the girl gets killed on stage. Oh, my yeah. God. Yes. That's old enough that you can talk. Yeah, about Yeah, you that. can talk about I, that one. I like fell asleep while we were watching the episode and I woke up and <laughs> that girl died. Oh, God. <laughs> Sex and drugs like, and death galore on oh that show. Oh my God, that show is crazy. Archie's getting into big trouble, but then in the next episode, they seem to have just forgot about the gigantic thing that he did at the end of the last episode that I think he should be in jail for. And then there's this whole, the drug 
dealing storyline is really getting batshit bananas. The fizzle rocks. There was a bad dose. Things got wild. Wow. The cult is going crazy. The cult is insane. There's a lot. Oh my God. It is going so full extra. It is like Days of Our Lives era when What's Her Face was... When Marlena turned into a cheetah or whatever. Yes, of course you knew exactly <laughs> what I was going to compare it that to. That was the golden era of Days of Our Lives. We've gotten there. Um, I'm really, 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 really obsessed with and watched the entire first season already on Netflix since we last spoke a week ago. And that is the show Happy. Happy. I think my friend Jeffrey Emerson is on that show. Okay. I haven't seen it. Well, um, it has the dude from, what is his name? It's not, I didn't write his name down, but the guy from SVU. Yeah, Elliot Stabler's on that show. And so it's like this guy, and he's like a contract killer. There's really good blood. I like good blood. There's a lot of blood, a lot of gore, really good kills, and an imaginary unicorn. Oh, okay. It's, it's amazing. The, the, the murders are really, really, really top 10 on that. I've never seen Real Housewives um the beverly hills or most of any of them Mm -hmm. especially not on purpose but my sister told me to watch season nine episode 10 she even told me the exact uh, (laughs) of beverly hills of beverly hills what happened to that episode they get into it about kavanaugh and grammar is defending kavanaugh and lisa rena and her mom are going the fuck in and they're all supporting the other ladies are all about believe dr ford the other lady is just oh my god it's when lisa's mom had been kidnapped <gasps> back in the in like perhaps it was the whenever lisa was not alive yet i don't know a long time ago i'm gonna have to by watch a this dude episode who ended up becoming a serial killer oh my god and she god. was able to escape because some dude had followed them into down an isolated road because he knew something was up if there was a woman down there and that dude was uh in jail for seven years got out killed 16 to 18 other people <gasps> uh, my sister would just tell me when it's important i don't need to watch <laughs> i don't need to watch the bullshit um i saw the basquiat exhibit which is closing i believe this week he really went in on the year 1982. I don't know how he had time to do anything else. There was like the bulk of his pieces are 1982. And that was only like four floors of gallery stuff. I'm sure he had a million other things. So I feel like he didn't sleep that year at all. And then I watched this weird show on Myrtle. It's called Myrtle and Willoughby. I have some friends in that. Yes, it was yeah. it was really good. It What's was it on? Weird as fuck. It's on that thing that I keep trying to call Venmo, but it's Oh Vimeo. Vimeo, yes. <laughs> it's on Venmo. <laughs> you, you send them money. That's why there's hipsters. But it's the Millennial Brooklyn Millennial Crimes Unit. Is there are two detectives that work on this and they usually do like What are mo- Brooklyn Millennial Crimes? Oh, pant, missing pant iPad, crimes, missing yeah. iPhones, things of that sort. But they get involved in a murder. This guy died from a bag of Molly, which everybody's like, you don't die from Molly. Yeah, seriously. What's going on? And he was some gallery guy. And um, it was actually really good. It gets really, 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 really weird, quirky, really kooky. So it was, it was definitely worth, worth watching. And that's what I've been watching. Excellent. What you've been doing now? With your I realize eyeballs. this is not going to be the freshest of news by the time this episode drops, but I would be remiss if I did not mention the Met Ball. Billy Porter. Yeah. I Billy loved the looks. Porter. So good. Won the Met Ball. I mean, Lady Gaga came in ready 
to play. And Billy Porter was like, whew, serve. But Lady Gaga came in with four outfits. Yes. She didn't yeah, because expect- she knew. That's like, you know, when you don't know exactly what set you're going to do and you have too many set options and then you're not really committed. You know what I mean? She wasn't committed. She wasn't. But I do like layering. I love when people do unveils and they, it's all underneath one look. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Whoopsh, whoopsh, Personally, whoopsh. my favorite was Janelle Monet. That was great. The blinking light. Her look was incredible. I can't believe that that lash blinked. Yeah. Cardi B's dress was insane. It was, it was supposed to be a vagina. Giant vagina. I could totally tell. Was yeah, I just thought it was an upholstery factory. No, it was, <laughs> it was like a... Supposed to look like a bloody vagina, body but I feel like she must men- have menstrual. changed. Like there's, a, you could, you, you literally couldn't, couldn't even walk, walk around. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I think they all change when they're in there, and then I they, wondered they change to their because they're always have a different look afterward too. And I love Lena Waithe, and she had, Katy Perry couldn't sit down in that. Right? No, Lena Waithe had a very comfortable looking suit that said "Black Drag Queens Invented Camp" on the back. I yep. loved that, and that was an important look. And I also was living for Margaret Cho live tweeting all the arrivals. Oh, and Big Frida. Big Frida was on the carpet for Vogue wearing... um, Callie, that's because of you. I hope you realize that. (laughs) It's because Big Frida is the boss. Callie introduced Big Frida to the world in Bust Magazine. And then the New York York Times came calling us being like, connect us with Big Frida. Oh, wow. Callie She would have gotten there. Got that ball rolling. But she was wearing upcycled, a suit with upcycled um, bottle tops on it. It's like over a thousand sewn on. Um, it was a sustainability suit. It was great. I love it. She's amazing. And oh, um, what's her face? That um, with the Husky Boys from Orange is the New Black and from that. <laughs> Natasha Leon. <laughs> she had a uh, purse shaped like a pill full of cigarettes. Full of cigarettes. Great. Yeah. For the Met bathroom, I am sure. Yes, defo. This is shocking to many when I mention it, but up until last week, I had only seen one Sandra Bullock movie, and that was Hate Watching Crash. Other than Hate <laughs> Watching Crash, I had never seen a Sandra Bullock movie. And then between... Really? really between the last time we recorded and now, I have now seen two others. I saw Ocean's 8, and I saw Practical Magic, yeah, I can't believe you haven't seen Practical You've Magic. You've never ever. seen Miss Congeniality? Never. Yeah, right? Never. I have not seen a speed. Wow. I have not seen anything until now. And I see the appeal. She's a very appealing, uh, photogenic she's lady. She's plucky. She, she's a plucky heroine. Um, I, I thought that Ocean's 8 didn't really have a lot of... Um, anything happening? I fell asleep. No, I mean, like, I liked that they were going to do the heist, but usually in something like that, you feel like, oh, no, like, it's all gone awry, and now they're all going to go to jail, and it's all wrecked, and it's all, you know, like, you really get a sense of, like, that it's all going to go terribly wrong, but, like, it all just goes right. Yeah, They're like, we have a plan. We're going to flawlessly execute the plan. We flawlessly executed the plan, the end. That's yeah, funny. I was, it's a comment on how good women are at work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that women know how to Oceans. do a thing. Yeah. This was my first Oceans movie. Yeah, me too. And I thought it was going to be much more action. Yeah. I just, I didn't expect it to be a group of women being like, all right, this is what we've decided to do and then doing it and then credits. I didn't realize it was going to be that. But I mean, 
the cast the cast was phenomenal. was luxurious i mean there was sandra bullock and kate blanchett and anne hathaway and mindy kaling and aquafina helena bottom carter and rihanna and they're all together and they're kibitzing and what i mean what more can i ask for actually except for maybe <laughs> more of a plot but all right <laughs> Practical Magic was full on 90s realness, so 1998. Good. Like uh, Nicole Kidman, that's who, mm-hmm. she, who was in it, who looked like she just rolled out of a Hot Topic. And she and Sandra Bullock are witchy sisters, but they're raised by their witchy aunties. And the most infuriating part of the whole movie is that they're literally raised by occult Stockard Channing and Diane Weist oh my as God. their endlessly magical aunties and sandra bullock spends the whole movie being like eh, i don't want to be a witch i don't want to learn magic i don't want to learn all your witchy ways I don't, i'm not a cult <laughs> leave me alone i'm normal let's let me be normal and it was like that's like sabrina you. that's like the show sabrina yeah but it was so much more annoying than sabrina sabrina came around a lot quicker than sandy did see this is how i know i i'm right about us moving into the defined feminine because everybody wants to be a witch now yes yeah. it's not not like the 90s when, when girls people were like, I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I was so, I totally Put your potions away, aunties. <laughs> right. Speaking of the occult, everyone who knows me knows that my very favorite television show of all time ever, ever, ever is the 1960s Dark Shadows soap opera. Wow. It's the greatest. It's all on Amazon Prime. You can watch it anytime. There are, there are thousands of episodes. It is the greatest. And my pal, Jenny Miller, who is an editor for Bust Magazine, turned me on to something called the Collinsport Historical Society podcast. Mm. Collinsport is the town that uh, that Dark Shadows is in. And it is hosted by not like one person, but there's like little segments with different little hosts. The nerdiest collection of nerds I've ever heard in my life. When are you going to get a host? When are you going to be on? I should be on. Let it be known that I should be on the Collinsport Historical Society. But also, these people know a lot more about the show than I do. Impossible. Like, I learned so many things. I learned that Jonathan Frid, who played Barnabas Collins, lived a scant four blocks away from me. I learned in real life? In real life, the actor lived four blocks away from me. I found out that... The dude who played Quentin named his actual, the actor named his actual child after the character of his nephew in the this show. This is so random. I found, and the, my, one of my favorite things that I learned was, this was so weird. Okay, so this guy was recollecting being a journalist and interviewing the guy who plays Nicholas Blair, who's like basically the devil. And he was like, I appreciated that fact that this actor talked to me so much that I just went, I looked, took his email address and I checked to see if he had an Amazon wish list, and he did. And the only things on his Amazon wish list were uh, corned beef hash and cans. So I sent him <laughs> some of those. <laughs> and the other thing that he had, I won't mention. Oh. So I'm like, the devil has an Amazon wish list that is only corned beef hash and something unmentionable. That is hilarious. These are the kind of gems that I'm, I've listened to precisely one episode of this podcast so far, and these are the gems that I am picking up. Wow. So you need to understand that I love it. (laughs) And that a single episode is two hours of people just rambling about Dark Shadows, but also taking little discursions into like, um... Star Trek. They're, they think that Deep Space Nine is the version of Star Trek that's most like Dark Shadows. <laughs> they decided that John Hamm 
if he were to be on Dark Shadows, uh, he would play Liz. <laughs> so, like, otherwise known as Elizabeth Collins Stoddard. Like, they just, they go into a lot of areas in their fandom, and I appreciate it. You have spoken your guesthood into being. It's I, happening. Oh, my it God. Is. I'm putting it, putting it on my vision board. Uh, I'm also really loving the Jordan Peele-produced Twilight Zone on CBS All Access. I've seen three episodes, and I like them all. I know not everybody's into it, but I am. Well, he's a genius. I'm afraid that it's too scary. It's oh, too scary no. for me, but I'll yeah, watch it. I can't, I'm not very good at scary horror stuff mm, the second it was the second the one about the airplane mm-hmm. that wasn't that scary okay that was fucked up dude i keep thinking about it and how fucked up it is see that i'm more like that i'll get uh, stuck in a loop <laughs> just, yeah okay. this is not a spoiler <laughs> this is just the premise of the episode tell me if this would haunt your dreams oh god, oh god. Okay. okay i'm already so scared. <laughs> imagine that you're on an airplane yes and there's just like random headset in there and okay. you put it on and there's a podcast already playing oh God. about how the plane that you're on is going to crash. Oh, no. Yeah. It was creepy. Like, that's going to fuck me up really on every scary. flight that I ever take for the rest of my life. Like, just <laughs> that premise alone. Well, speaking of podcasts, I did want to look one up that I did start listening to. Chalet was on it. And it's John Cameron Mitchell's new podcast. Oh, oh yeah. It's a fictional one, it right? It is. It's, it's a radio show kind of thing. And it's got original songs in it. And the premise is John Cameron Mitchell is a guy who is crowdfunding cancer treatment. And so he's podcasting as a means of raising money. And it's really interestingly done. I, I love John Cameron Mitchell. And, yeah, forever. Um, and so I haven't gotten to the episode that Shelley was on yet, but it's called Anthem and it's on Luminary, which you do pay for. Mm. And because I love Shelley, why I signed up. It's the champagne room of podcasts. I mean, it's like Trevor Noah and yeah. amazing people. The girls from Guys We Fucked were just here on this podcast talking about how they have they're in the champagne room of Luminary. Oh, they're, they're moving to Luminary. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And that my friends, is what I've been Ooh, watching. Spectacular. Thank you so much to our new producer, Aoife McMahon, and to our luscious audio engineer, Logan Del Fuego. <laughs> <laughs> Muy caliente. And to our girl gang at Bust Magazine. You can find me on Twitter at Emily Rems. You cannot find Callie on no. Twitter. Don't even try. Carolyn- I can't believe you're still on Twitter because aren't we all supposed to, even if you were on Twitter, get off Twitter because they just let Nazis go around? Oh, boy. <sighs> I'm not going to let Nazis spoil my fun. Somebody <laughs> just told me Mark Zuckerberg is the most powerful man in the world. And he's essentially running multiple governments. That's so weird. It's deep, you guys. <laughs> <sighs> Carolyn, what are you on the socials? I'm at Miss CKC on Twitter. Uh, you can plug my name, Carolyn Castilia, into uh, Instagram, Facebook, I have a website, ComedianCarolyn.com, and I would love for you to follow Laying It Down. Um, Is it a monthly? It's a monthly, yep. So the end of every month Last Tuesday of every month, we come lay it down. Nice. So we can start anew. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can email me. I'm EmilyRems at Bust.com. CallieW at Bust.com. And you can learn more about this show at Bust.com slash pop tarts and finally please rate and review this podcast on apple podcasts it really helps us get the word out like imagine you're at home and you're thinking wow what a high quality show like it's amazing that i get all this entertainment for free i agree 
It is amazing. <laughs> but you know what? Like just liking us, rating us, reviewing us on Apple Podcasts is the equivalent of money. So, because like at some point there's going to be so many of you that advertisers are going to be like, hey, we're going to give those bitches money because like look at all these people rating and reviewing. So it's literally the same as money. It costs <laughs> you no money. Please do it. It really helps us get the word out. We super duper appreciate it. Until next time. Mwah! <laughs>